Hello everybody! With me today we have a guest. And this guy is going to knock your socks off hopefully. And here he is, the one, the only, the greatest, the greatest writer that I know named Marty Greco. And here he is to introduce and tell what he's got planned. The only writer you know whose name is Marty Greco. And that's why you're the best. The only one And here he is to tell you about his upcoming projects to start up. Here he is, Marty Greco. Hello, Marty. What do you have in store? For yeah, us? hello. Uh, well, now I'm a writer, and uh, the, um, the main thing that I'm thinking of do the main thing I might be doing now is I could be doing a screenplay with Duke Ellington's grandson, Paul Ellington. And I could be doing a screenplay with him, and that, that just amazes the living hell out of me. So, also, I'm giving a shout-out to Paul Ellington, so that's the main thing. I'm not sure if he's going to give me money for this, but I'm giving him a shout-out anyway. Yeah. And the reason we're doing this, and one, as you care, he a very articulate. And then he just said something that really just slapped me in the face. He said that growing up, he never had any role models. And explain to them what do you mean by that? Uh, that's uh, right and wrong at the same time. I, I I think I did have heroes, yes, but well, one of them was Henry Thomas, the guy who played E.T. and Elliot. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was the only living hero I ever had. And anyway, the, uh, any other heroes that I ever had, I think they were all dead 20 years before I even knew about them. But uh, the main thing you're trying to say, I believe, and uh, this is the fact that role models, uh, um, you're gonna, that I have to be gay, I am gay, I came out of the closet gay, I am gay, I came out of the closet in 92. I didn't have any gay role models or any gay characters in movies or television to look up look up to in the 70s or 80s. That's the main thing I was, I'm saying. Yeah. And so, and um, originally, um, uh, we were doing this interview, we have been trying to do this for a while. Originally, you were, we were going to be talking about gay pornography, a vintage gay pornography. And that, that's when I had that, made that statement. Yeah. We are still talking about vintage gay pornography, aren't we? Yeah, it's funny that the vintage stuff was always easier to access for homosexuals than you would actually think. You could just, if you knew a city shop that dealt with adult materials, they would probably do that because it seemed like the adult industry realized sooner than the straight industry that you guys homosexuals had money and they wanted to spend it and that's always yeah yeah that's always baffled me it's like you mean that you mean there's a product that will make money and you're not trying to make money off of it what the hell's wrong with you who's the guy um uh, what was 
Oh, Larry Flint. Oh, Larry Flint. Yeah, I'm surprised Larry Flint didn't catch on to that sooner. Well, the first if man... He did catch yeah. on to that. Well, you remember, it was Hugh Hefner... What? It was Hugh Hefner who created the first gay adult magazine. But, to hide the fact that it was yeah, a gay magazine... He put it as Playgirl and, wink, wink, catered it to women. Well, he had... Now, he didn't, he didn't know it was going to... The, he didn't know that it was going to have a gay market. Uh, is he smarter than people realized? And, of course, there's blue... Because you have they had... Go ahead. Because have they had that straight image that... that Incredible straight image. I mean, you wouldn't. And actually, I don't, I'm not sure if Hugh Hefner started it. I thought it was Hugh Hefner's. Why am I saying Hugh Hefner's sister? I mean, Hugh Hefner did. Why am I saying Hugh Hefner's daughter? Hugh Hefner wasn't married until 1989 or 90. Anyway, you, 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 are you sure of that? Yeah, because Blue Boy Magazine only available in the shops. It's true. And the Advocate. The Advocate magazine uh, was in the uh, late 60s. Someone said that the Advocate magazine was around even before Stonewall happened. Yeah. Well, that's usually the case. Like, let's see. Uh, there was Blue Boy magazine, weightlifting magazines. What? Weightlifting magazines. Oh, weightlifting. Yeah. Well, that was wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That was nudge, nudge, wink, wink, because it was just weightlifting, but we could all read between the lines, couldn't we? Yeah. Oh, you mean you got guys standing there with big musk muscles and, ban- and little thongs? Oh, I wonder what that's for. <laughs> Definitely. But, yeah, I mean... I mean Go ahead. Yeah, uh, and because that weightlifting magazines was the only form, the only form of gay pornography before 1969. It was, I mean, when you had um, uh, male pornography, uh, when you had to have male flesh, yeah. uh, they always had to have a um, uh, jock strap on. You couldn't see... You couldn't see the Nazi bits, shall we say. Yeah. And until 1969, you could never, never see the Nazi bits. Well, don't forget the loops, though, that too. In what? The loops. Yeah, oh, so the loops. Well, I was including the loops with that. No, oh, the loops have been That's around it. as long as has porn's been around, period. Yeah, but as I said, before 69, they had to have jock straps on. Yeah. Well, with straight, it was black socks or socks. So you can say, oh, he ain't completely naked. I can never. He has black socks on. Yeah. But why would you cover up the feet, for God's sake? I mean, I mean feet were never considered sexual, were they? Uh, yes, but. I'm not saying that it's intelligent. I'm just saying that's how they skirted the rules. Like, uh, 
like we were talking about the weightlifting magazines and stuff, or the naturist magazines, nudist magazines. <laughs> That's one thing about the pornography, and it, it, uh, laugh art, I could picture a model saying, hey, laugh all you want to, laugh all you want to with us, we ain't wearing black socks, we're not wearing black socks, you see, feet, feet, they're right there, feet, <laughs> yeah. which is one thing that the straight people, yeah. well, don't forget, in the f you, you uh, had to have couples uh, lying in separate beds. And if you did have a love scene between the female and the male, <coughs> one of them had to have at least one foot on the floor. On the ground. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, you're talking about mainstream movies. You're not talking about pornography. You're, just, you're talking about mainstream when you yeah. say that. Well, I'm just talking about how Still, stupid the rules were. Still, that had to be, I'm not sure, how the heck could anyone manage that, one foot on the ground? I don't know. That, that sort of reminds you of a game of Twister. A game of Twister, I mean, how the heck, you don't have a foot on the ground, I mean, it almost sort of, there should be footsteps, there should be pictures of footsteps on the ground like the Arthur Mo Arthur Murray's dance studio the Arthur Murray dance studio they should have footprints on the ground to make sure you have am I making any sense at all yeah well don't forget yeah. uh Houdini himself would do a lot of his escapes in speedo swim trunks do you think that he didn't know by wearing Speedo swim trunks that he was going for the gay audience as well as the straight women? First of all, I didn't know about that. And second of all, oh, Houdini couldn't be that smart. I mean, smart enough to get out of tricks and everything, but I don't know if he was that smart to think about I don't think Houdini was thinking about sexuality. Certainly not in the way that David Copperfield would. I think maybe David Copperfield has a look and all that, but a hundred a hundred and a hundred years ago, I'm not sure I'm not sure that Houdini would ha have thought that. I'm not sure of that. Maybe, well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a fact that he did know that. It's one of those things like that's always been the rule of exploitation, is that if you leave a certain demographic out, you're just leaving money on the table. Like a lot of professional wrestlers. They always knew to have on their gimmick tables to sell before the matches uh, pictures of themselves in little thong bikinis and things like that. And... Just sell them. They knew that the gay portion of the audience would buy them. And they're making money. You mean like Gorgeous George? People like that. You're talking about as early as the 1950s. Yeah. Well, I'm just talking your basic wrestlers. If you look, 
at the wrestlers, uh, the series like the fabulous one, Ric Flair and all that, they always make the dude the oiled up body pose photos. Yeah, but I mean, I know. Yeah, but I do not want to see Hulk Hogan naked. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there was, uh, let's see, Gorgeous George, oh, yeah. Adrian Street. I don't think I would like to see Gorgeous George naked. I mean, wasn't yeah. he a little hairy? Didn't he have a hairy chest or something? Yeah. Gorgeous George was uh, going out to the ring one night, and this guy yelled at him from the audience, You faggot! So... Out of the top of his head, George just turned to the guy and blew him a kiss. And the guy from the audience tried to kill him, tried to jump over the fence to get to George to beat the crap out of him. And George was like, I think I've got me a gimmick here that's going to make me a lot of money. Yeah, everyone says I'm a, uh, the gay community has money to spend. They, 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 I'm a, they will capitalize it. They will, um, uh, cater to the gay audience, uh, to get the gay money. Uh, so, um, uh, there'll be companies that will, uh, uh, cater to the gay audience for the money. The only thing I, so, um, any minority has a shot. Any minority has a shot as long as they have money to give to the advertisement. As long as the minorities have money to give to the ad man, yeah. then the minority has a shot. There's only one thing I do not like about that idea, about that theory. There's only one thing. Gays have a shot. Uh, every other minority has a shot. God bless every one of them. God bless them. But... You can also say the same thing about the pedophile. The pedophile has money to burn, so that means there could be an um, ad man who uh, just markets the pedophile because he has the money to burn. That's terrifying. No, you will not see him cater to that audience. But there's a difference between making they money... They have money to burn. Yeah, they have money to burn, but if a advertiser got caught catering to that audience, it's the same as cutting their throats. I know, but the trick is not to get caught. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, like Victor Salva. <laughs> God damn. I mean, I mean, the gay community, the gay community, gay stuff that was coded. Yeah. So pedophiles, you have to believe it. They're coded somehow, yeah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And I want to say this. They've always throughout the years accused the gay man of being the predatory pedophile. Nope. It, it's a rare case, but it does happen. But almost 90% plus of pedophiles are straight. Yeah, you do not, I mean, yeah, hello, Lolita, you know, taxi driver, you don't see that, you don't see any of that in the gay community. The closest you get to that is, uh, call me by your name, which, there was a 17 years old and 22, 23, and you, you know, how many people were pissed at that, 
When she did Pretty Baby, just, just how old? Eleven. Yeah. It's a seventies thing that I never did understand. It made a comeback a little bit in the early nineties as well. Uh, the remake of Cape Fear and a few things that a few things that Quentin Turner did. Maybe a few things. Uh, because I, I think that Quentin uh, Tino, I think she's, I think Quentin, you, what was the girl's name who was in Cape Oh, Juliette Lewis, the thumb sucking. I don't think Quentin. The thumb sucking song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And but that was I do not think Quentin Tino used um, Juliette Lewis. In his movies, I don't. I thought he did, but maybe he didn't. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, that's all of stone. Yeah, but Tarantino wrote the script. Oh. But yeah. And, and there was a remake of Lorica in the uh, late. Uh, there was a remake of Lorica late eighties, early nineties. I'm, I'm, that and I'm scared of watching it. I'll By Adrian Lynn. What? By Adrian Lynn, the guy who did uh, Nine and a Half Weeks uh, and other well, stuff. Well, if, okay. if Adrian Lynn did do the remake of Lolita, now I am scared. Because you know, I mean, you, you know he was going to go all out. You know that much. Yeah. The biggest difference is, is that in the remake, they actually get into more about how Hubert Humbert is the monster of the story, rather than James Mason and the way they play him as sort of an innocent victim. Uh, so James was sort of an innocent victim, and in Luca. Uh, Lolita, the humble, the remake, Herbert Humphreys in the remake, he is a monster. There is no sign of innocence in Herbert in the remake, then. Right. Hmm. Uh, that's what, uh, Lolita, does she, uh, uh, in the remake? Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the same ending as, uh, the movie, which is uh, Hubert Humbert kills uh, Claire Quilty, except that he's played by uh, what's his name, Frank Langella. Yeah, uh, Frank Langella. Uh, I think he was in the original, not the original, but he 
But I think he was in Dracula, wasn't 
It was the only place that you could see a gay character as normal. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, it, it was normal. Uh, they could, uh, they could, um, they could walk hand in hand into the sunset at the end of the film, and it was just normal, average. That was it. Uh, um, you did have some films in the late seventies uh, and early eighties. You did have some films in which a gay character would come out of the closet to his parents. You would. You would see that in movies, but you know what movies you would see that in? You would not see that in mainstream movies. You could only see a character coming out to his parents. You could only see that in a gay porn. Nowhere yeah. else. Have you got to see Rocket Man yet, the Elton John movie? No, I haven't. Uh, the, I did see Queen. Oh, Rocket Man is good, and it's the more honest movie. And what's funny is, is the hardest person in the movie and in Elton John's life to accept that Elton John was gay was himself. Oh, uh, <laughs> I believe that. 1975, he said he was bisexual. Yeah. 1975. To this day, I don't think... Officially, to this day, officially, I don't think Elton John has come out as gay. Yeah, officially. he's married. 75, he was known as bisexual. Yeah. He has not officially said he was gay. Officially, everybody else says it. He doesn't deny it. He never denies it. But officially, I don't think Elton John has said that yet. Yeah, he's married. He has a husband. Well, that does make it official. Yeah, he has a husband and two kids. Well, I guess it does make it official that he is gay. Yeah. I'm definitely official. But to me, I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody because of how they underplayed the fact that Freddie was gay. If you watch Queen for five seconds, even back then, you knew Freddie was gay. Hello? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, but then again, is that maybe I didn't know the code as well. I mean, back in eighty, back in eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, I wouldn't have realized that. I don't think when Freddie Mercury was alive. Maybe I would look back now and see it. Yeah. But wait, yes, you are right. You look at it. Yes, you could see that Freddie Mercury was gay. When you look at it now, yes. 84, 85, 86, when it was popular, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and what's funny I, is... It, it, it's sort of like people who did not know, it was sort of like people who did not know Ribawachi was gay in 82, 83, 84. All the, say, all the signs were there, it's just nobody bothered to add one plus one because they did not want to add one yeah. plus one. Well, Freddie Mercury did an interview once while he was alive. Well, he couldn't do an interview when he was dead. Well, you know that uh, his overbite? Yeah, yes. He asked the interview, how can you tell a gay man, and he didn't use that word, that has sucked too much dick? 
And the reporter went, I don't know how. And then Freddie just let off a big smile. says, if you don't believe that country boys can do that, watch Deliverance. Yeah, true. Speaking of which, I mean, that accent of yours, speaking of that, when's the last time you, pl- when's the last time you played the banjo? I don't... Either that or once you, either that or once you're done with the banjo, where do you stick it in? Once you're done. <laughs> Yeah, you sure got a purdy mouth, and when my friend here wants you to pray, and when he tells you to pray, you better pray real good, boy, or else we're going to have to hurt you. <laughs> have to pray? For what I'm about to see, for what I'm about to receive, may the Lord be truly blessed. Yeah. But yeah, that's always the cliche too the, of uh, what you say. The and we have to fight against it. The whole knuckle dragging, racist, homophobic, backwoods chicken shit hick cliche. What you're not knuckle dragging? Yeah, but that that's just part of the cliche. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're going to have to go that extra mile to prove to me that you're not homophobic. You're really going to have to uh, go that extra mile. That, well, the southern guys, they're really going to have to prove yeah. that to me. Believe that. Uh, wh- who is the one who is going to run for president? Uh, one, um, uh, the one, uh, Roy something. It was a southern guy... He was running with something, and then he was discredited. Uh, but he was in Donald Trump's pocket. Yeah. Get his last name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to prove to me that he's not a bigot, and he's going to have to prove to me that he's not homophobic. He's going to have to prove to that, that to me big time. Uh, Southern accent will be sexy, yes. Um, I think a Southern accent is sexy because um, maybe a gay man might might think that he's getting away with something. That the gay gay guy is going with the Southern guy and um, the 
sudden guy is just not homophobic or something. It's going to, it would take me about two hours to explain what I'm trying yeah. to think with this one. But, yeah, you know, I have a theory about homophobes. You know what they're really scared of? We all know that. We're, the homophobes are scared that they're gay themselves. I mean, people no. have known that much for the past 20 or 30 years. No. It's the fact that these guys, no girl will fuck them. And then here comes this other group, and they won't fuck them either. So they get rejected twice. That's true. gay or straight only had one kind of sexual taste I like living in a world where this is coming from a straight point of view there's people that like getting spanked there's people that like being taught you know there's people that like being the dominant people that like being the submissive there's people that like watching gay porn but won't admit it there is all sorts of things under the rainbow, and how boring would the world be if we didn't have this rainbow and everybody going their own way? <laughs> they tried that once, and it was called Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first anger sense symbols that I've seen a minority really adopt as their own when... Uh, after Hitler was defeated in World War II, the gay community adopted the pink triangle that the Nazis used as a symbol to isolate homosexuals. Yeah, they did do that, and um, uh, uh, the gay community they probably did that uh, as um, uh, the gay community did that, so it was never forget. Never forget. Yeah. And guess what? I think most of us have forgotten. Well, the problem is, is we have the middle class suburban gays whose dream is, is to be on that other side of the picket fence. And anyone who is different or colorful, like uh, transvestites, transsexuals, are an embarrassment to them. Anyone who isn't normal. Oh, God, do I know what you're talking about with that one. Give me a uh, I'm busy for one second, but I know exactly what you're talking about with this one. And believe me, do I have a whole story for you. Believe me. Um, there is one person, and actually, I'll give you his name, and I'm going to give you the name, the shame the devil, because no names. this man does not... Does, uh, there's an artistic person mm -hmm. who still do it creating art and he does not deserve to. So I'm going to give you his name and everything. Uh, anyway, the main... That's, let me hold on. Okay, now, um, there is one person who has said that he hates gay feminine bottoms, that he hates them, and he thinks it a gay, feminine, swishy bottom ruins it for everybody else. Typical way of thinking, right? Typical way of thinking. It, 
this is a gay man talking, by the way, but it's a typical reaction from a lot of gay men. That's typical, right? A little? Yeah, and straight, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just having a gay man who does that. Yeah. But you know, the mo most terrifying and the most disturbing thing about what I just said? This man, this man who thinks this way, do you know what his job was? He was a gay porn director. He was a gay porn director, and he had that mindset. Yeah. And I said, huh, burn bridges much? Yeah, he liked... And, I mean, he just... He liked the sissies as long as he could make money off of them, but as soon as that was gone, bye. Ex uh, uh, well, he is gay. Uh, there is no question of that, and he will say that to you himself, that he is gay. But, um... And, uh... The person, person who uh, I'm talking about, his name is... Toby Wash. I say this as the ex-president of the Toby Wash fan club. And by the way, Toby did handpick me for the job and then threw me under the bus just right after that. He threw me right under the bus, so I have no qualms in saying how much I hate that guy. How much, I mean, how much damage I honestly believe that Toby Wash has done the gay community. He's done us so much damage. He, Toby Wash has done us so much damage. If his name was Pat Buchanan, he couldn't do us any more damage than what he's done now. Uh, and if you don't believe so, uh, I, I tell you to look for the movie uh, Payson Collins, Serial Rapist. I, um, this is one of the most dangerous films you want to know how dangerous I think this film is? Um, part of the film, part of the film is, um, there is, a, well, Peyton Collins, he's not supposed to be, he does become a killer, but originally he is a serial rapist. So what he does in the beginning of the film is that he goes to a gay bar and he, um, rapes someone in, uh, in a bathroom. He rapes some gay men in the bathroom. And it is rape. It's not consensual or anything. It is a form of violence and a form of rape. So it is hatred and there's violence in that. What I'm trying to get at is that we're talking about a psychopath who does complete psychological and physical damage in a gay bar. And this film was uh, done in 2011. What I'm saying is that a psychopath doing complete utter damage in a gay bar, physical and mental anguish in a gay bar, done in 2011, five years before the Pulse Massacre. Five years before that. So do the math. That's all I'm saying. Do the math. That was popular in straight genre, too. Back in 2000, you had assholes like Rob Black, Max Hardcore, who the only thing that really stood out about their porn movies is they like to torture, humiliate, and physically hurt the women that were working with them. Rob Black did like a 10 to 20 year stretch in a prison because his uh, videos were too close to real rape. 
But yeah, uh, uh, no one could accuse uh, Toby Wasp doing that, of any doing anything that physically violent anything. No one, no one can accuse him of that. But uh, that idea that Toby can predict the post massacre five years before it happens, that he could either predict, foresee, or something like that five years before it happens. That is scary, too, that whole massacre. You're going to go out and kill a lot of gays because you're afraid you're gay? That's the way that, the way that happens. It happens that way. Yeah. I know that. All I got to say is... Look at Matthew Shepard. Yeah. If you're going Look to... Look at Matthew Shepard. I mean, the two guys that killed him, they're probably afraid that they were white and war blues. So that's where the massacre happened. Yeah. It's just... I weigh my homosexuality as 
if it was a flag. You may have noticed that, which is why you're interviewing me now. No, but I, I think I it's say because that, I did I notice that. We remembered as a what? It's because I think it's because I did notice yeah, that. I'm saying, I, yeah, and uh, I can say is I'm either going to I'm either going to be remembered as a guy who talks funny, or I am going to be remembered as a gay man. And of the two, I much prefer being known as a gay man as opposed to being remembered as a guy who talks funny. Which is why I'm, I think I'm the only person that I know who has, I came out of the closet in 92. I came out of the closet, I was never ashamed of it from then on. I never hid it afterwards. I came out of the closet, but I never went back into it. Yeah, I mean, I've never understood that. Like, uh, you know who Moms Mabley is, don't you, the black comedian? female? Uh, you went in and out for a second, but I think I know what you're talking about. Mom's uh, Mabley. Uh, your phone went in and out. Yeah. Are, are, did you, are you thinking the black, uh, the black female, uh, the old woman, yeah. female comic? Yeah. Yeah. Mom's Mabley. Yeah, she was an open, open lesbian. Back in the 30s and 40s, everyone's name for her offstage was Pops Mabley. Yeah. Her name was Pops Mabley to all of them. And she sent out a Christmas card one year. There's a picture of it online that has her dressed, has her hair combed like a guy, dressed in a three-piece suit, and she's got her arm around her girlfriend. She didn't give a fuck. And the story goes is that if you made fun of moms in front of her face, she'd just knock the living hell out of you. Well, actually, I can't, I can't picture either sex being interested in moms, maybe we tell you the truth. Yeah. That is if you've seen old pictures of her on the Ed Sullivan show or something like that. Yeah. She died in about 76, 77, didn't it? I th- in the early 80s, because Amazing Grace came out in about 79. But yeah, I mean, if you really look at it, it's amazing how many Hollywood stars were gay or lesbian back then. Like, uh, what's her name that was it? Marlena Dietrich. Yeah, I mean, right. And uh, the Southern Closet. The Southern Closet. They made a case out of uh, Marlena Dietrich really trying to seduce Gary Cooper by kissing another woman. I think the cellular closet made a big mention about that once. And I don't see a straight guy who would have a problem with that. (laughs) And don't forget Anthony Perkins who... uh, didn't even lose his virginity until about 1970-71 on the set of uh, Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean. You're kidding. No. Well, uh, but, well, actually, I said this once. Normally, normally, I'm against people staying in the closet 
uh, staying in the closet and being in the closet. But you look at uh, Norman Bates when Anthony played Norman Bates. I I think it was a better performance because he was in the closet. I've said that I've written that out out loud, and people hated me for saying that. But uh, oh no, I, you're right. I, I I do believe that to an extent. I do believe that. Well, look at Rock Hudson in seconds. Well, yeah. That movie would not have at all if Rock Hudson didn't have all those years as a closeted gay guy who was afraid that someone would find out and it would kill his Hollywood career. Yeah, true, I suppose. Yeah, true. Actually, I'm going to say something because I'm going to forget this and... um. I have to do this. Well, I, I want to do this. You know, I say, I hate, I mentioned that I didn't have any gay, there was no one to look up to in the 60s and 70s. The gay models, there was the gay role models. There was no one to look up to. I mean, absolutely no one. But also, um, uh, the, the contrast to that, you, you know, uh, there was there's a remake of one day at a time, you heard they tried. To, they are remaking that uh, TV show one day at a time. Yeah, you heard that. Well, about, about last year, uh, they advertised the fact that there was one character who came out of the closet in in one day at a time. Yeah. That Norman Norman Lee and everyone is patting themselves on the back. Because um, uh, one of the characters in one of the new sitcoms they did is coming out of the closet. And I'm saying, you're about 40 years too late. Yeah. Where were you when they needed you? Um, yeah. And um, oh, I know it, it happens in the new one at a time, but yeah. it, does, it never happened in the old one one day at a time. No. Yeah. I've um, always thought that was... I wish that it did happen. What? I've always hated that when they bring out a new gay character. It's like, we're bringing a gay character on the show. We're open. Well, if you was really, truly open, you would just have them be gay on the show and not make a big mention or a big whoop-de-doo about it. That's true. That's true, but um, then again, we take anything we can get. But that that's just yeah. the point anyway. But uh, there was a, one day at a time, the new one, there was a gay character that came out of the closet in the new version. But there was no gay characters in the older version. Uh, in the 70s and the early 80s, in that version, no one came out of the closet. That really, that really pisses me off because, you know, Barbara and Julie were in high school in the late 70s. Barbara and Julie, you think they would have known one gay character in high school, even back in the 70s? You would assume that much. Yeah. I mean, you would, you would believe that. I mean, gay, gay guys existed in high school even back then. I mean, everybody must have known that. Come on. Yeah. But no, in that world, nothing. The reality, the reality actually is that... Julie and Barbara, the reality is Julie and Barbara did know a gay man in the, the 80s, anyway. He, they did know a gay man. His name is, his name is Glenn Scapelli. Yeah. 
him. I am gigantic Facebook friend with him, so this is my way of doing a shout out to him. Hello, Glenn, we love you, and I hope he hears that, and I hope he's blushing when I say that. Mm. Actually, though, that's not the main thing I was going to, that's not the main thing that I was going to say, uh, because there were, as I say, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the 70s and 80s, there was no gay role models. And so, um, like New Kids on the Block, or Old Town, or Nine Town, or 98 Degrees, or uh, Backstreet Boys, anything like that, I couldn't have a crush on any of them. I did not allow my I did not allow myself to have a crush on any one of them because I knew all of them were straight. Either they were straight or they were in the closet. And if they were in the closet, that pretty much amounted to the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, don't so forget. I could not. Uh, over fi- I think the percent of uh, color me bad was gay. Yeah. Maybe, but did we know that at the time? No. Uh, uh, you uh, know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I do think, even back in the 90s, I think we knew one of them was bisexual. Yeah, Dave Navarro, so. the guy who was uh, John Frusante's replacement in between, uh, right after Blood Sugar Sex Magic, when he left the band. That, anyway, as I was saying, uh, well, yeah, but those are few and far between, and there were no role, role models. And right now, but right now I am a, um, unofficially, unofficially, but I am the president of the fan club, uh, the Wiki Rebel fan club. I, I hate the way I sound because I'm not saying it right. Wiki Rebel, but it's two R's. Wiki, Wick, Rebel, R. No, R. So I'm the president of the Wiki Rebel Rebel fan club, and the Wiki Rebel, the gay, the gay people, people in the LGBT community, they can look up to this man. They can absolutely look up to this man, whereas anyone in my generation, we cannot look up to anyone. We cannot look up to a damn person back in the uh, 70s and 80s. And today, um... He's not that big. He might become bigger than what he is. He's he's making a name for himself. He really is making a name for himself, but he's not gigantic yet. But the the point is that um, today's teens in the LGBT, today's teens, they can really look up to Ricky Rebel. They really can. God bless him for that. God bless him in a way that we could... I have a crush on Ricky Rebel, and the main reason I say that is because I never had a crush on anyone else before. I wasn't allowed to. I was not allowed to because there was no one who was out of the closet back then. There was no one. And we have Wiki Rebel today. And I say, thank God. Yeah. That's the main thing I had to say. And don't forget... Uh, and he's going to have to pay me a huge load of money for saying that, yeah. by the and way. But you said I'm joking, about, but... Um, and you said that about Norman Lear. Well, don't forget, in the 70s, Norman Lear had Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and that had a lesbian and gay character in it. And don't forget Soap, too. What? What? Soap. The one that had uh, Billy Crystal 
as the gay ventriloquist. And it was so controversial to ABC. Billy Crystal was not, Billy Crystal was not the ventriloquist. That was somebody else. He did come out of the closet, yes, but he was not the ventriloquist. I know the uh, sitcom you're talking yeah. about, the ventriloquist. The ventriloquist was a blonde guy. Billy yeah. Crystal had black hair. But the point is, is that it was controversial, so controversial that ABC would not show it until after 11 p.m. And Norman Lear had two choices. Either he cut or toned down how Billy Crystal's character was or only get the show sewn from 11.30 to midnight. So he picked showing the show at 11.30 to midnight over changing the character. Well, that's... No doubt that is true, so God bless him for that. That is... So God bless him for that. And as far as the lesbian thing is concerned in Mary Hartman and Mary Hartman, as far as the lesbian, I can say something, but I don't think... Well, the fact is she was a lesbian, and men have this gigantic hard-on for a lesbian. So, of course, they were going to accept that, of it, course. It's funny. It's, um... I want to ask you a small question. Would you allow yourself to get a crush on a guy that you know that wouldn't sexually need you or think that you are sexy in any way, no matter what? I think I'm saying, but say it again. Would you? Oh, okay, but this guy, I have a yeah. crush on. Yeah, I would have a crush on. Would he be my sexual orientation, or would he be a different orientation than that? Yeah. Uh, would I have a crush on a straight guy? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, in the uh, hidden. In the back of my mind, hidden. But um, would I spoon over him? Would I? Uh, I would have a crush on him, sort of hidden. Yes. But would I go just completely gaga and uh, say how much I love? Would I say how much I love um, the Jonas Brothers? Would I say that going gaga all the way out, devoting uh, my entire life? Do the Jonas Brothers, would I do that much? No, I, I, I wouldn't do that much. Would I have sexual fantasies about them? Yes, but I do not think I would devote my entire, an entire hunk of my life I would not devote to them. Like I would, uh, I devoted some of my time to Wiki Rebel. I did that. I do that because he loves what I'm saying. I have this crush on him. I say I have this crush on him. He says, I love you for saying that. I love you yeah. for saying that you have a crush on me. I love you for saying that. My point is, if I said that I had a crush on the Jonas Brothers or New Kids on the Block or anything like that, if I said that about them, when they were hot, when they were smoking hot, when they were yeah. steaming hot, if I said I had a crush on them when they were hot, do you think they would respond in any way, shape, or form to me no. if I said that? I have two words for you. Hell, no. And my point is, and is that... even if they did, yeah. even if they did um, uh, come back to me saying, I love you for saying that, even if they did do that, they would also say, 
Could you please keep this on the down low? I do not want any of my fans to know I love you for having a crush on me. Yeah. So please keep this on the down low. That's my the ultimate point I want to make. Yes, you can go on now. And oh. my point is, but straight guys. Oh my God, there's two girls over here having sex and they don't need me. Oh God, I love it. Uh. <laughs> First of all, I, 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 have, I have to congratulate you for keeping that in the back of your mind while I was doing this 12-minute speech. <laughs> so it's a good thing you had that in the back of your mind. But <laughs> how, go for the, the um, uh, the sexuality of straight guys, who can figure that out? The, the psychology of straight guys, who can figure that out? Uh, no, it's a question of forbidden forbidden fruit. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, they can't have it, so they love it because they can't have it. And but the, the thing is with the straight guys, they, the thing with the straight guys is that they imagine that Within 11 or 12 or 13 minutes afterwards, they can jump into the game with the two girls. They can jump into the game with both of them. Yeah. That's why girl, girl, guy was always so popular in straight porn. Because later on, the guy, the straight guy can jump into the scene with the two girls. Actually, I'll tell you something. Um... It's very simple. Sexuality is very simple in one way. It's very simple. Girls want to sleep with gays, and guys want to sleep with lesbians. That's it. End of story. True. Mm -hmm. It still does. I'm surprised nobody has figured that out yet, but that is the truth. Yeah. And all my lesbian films, every one of them has a story about their uh, tourist tourist girl. You know what I mean by tourist, don't you? Uh, the tourist girl, meaning that they're not staying, they're just, uh, they're just curious. Yeah, they're curious, they yeah, go yeah, they're find just a girl curious and, or, and then leave. Yeah, they're just curious or they're doing it for the money. Like, um, well, uh, not the money, it's just like, one of those, uh, the first, like, there's a lot, like a lot of the girls in college, you know, oh, I tried with a girl in college. It was good, but I decided to go back to my normal straight life after it was over. Here's something. You, you notice that men never say that. You notice that, don't you? Yeah. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Yeah. Well, and either then, um, and well, <laughs> the women who do try it, Sometimes it can be um, financially rewarding for them. Sometimes it can change their life. Look at the first president, first lady of the United States. Yeah. Or, and uh, she started that way too. That's that's how she got Donald Trump's eye because of doing that. You do know that much. Yeah. I mean, well, mm. just uh, look at all of. Uh... Actually, Richard Rebel is going to hate. Richard Rebel is going to hate me for saying that. Sorry about that, but I had to say that. I mean, Wicked Webber will hate me for saying what I just did, but Well, still, that's go not on. an insult to him. That's how most men are. That's not an insult to Trump. But the thing is that, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do have that. But in guys, too, 
that stupid thing where they say, oh, if we were alone and, I need, and you really need it and you was bad off, I'd suck your dick. No homo. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, anything to let them sleep through the night, they could say that. I'm not, I ain't no homo, dash, dash, but, dash, 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 dash. As long as, if there's a hooker that can say that they're gay for, for pay, if there's a hooker that can say that they're gay for pay, if they can say that, they can sleep through the night. Yeah. But they can clearly sleep through the night saying, oh, I'm not gay, I'm just doing it for the money. But um, uh, if they do not say, if, if they realize that it's not only for pay, if they do realize that it's not only for pay, if they think that maybe they like it, if they think that, they would kill themselves if they thought they actually liked it. So they say it's gay for pay. Reality is, it's something much deeper than that. Anyone who is gay for pay, let's just say they have daddy issues. Oh, good, yeah. You get that with a lot of girls and a lot of gay guys, the whole daddy thing. Like, I could be talking to a girl sometimes, they'll be like, Can I call you daddy? Uh, what? Yeah, I just like being able to say, oh, daddy, please, daddy, you know. It sounds like you got yeah, like yeah, with, like with me, I don't have a daddy dish. I don't have a daddy image, daddy syndrome. With me, I need a big brother image. I don't want a daddy image. I want a big brother image. But that's opening up a gigantic hand of peas, and I have no idea if we have another half hour to spare. Yeah, we just got, we're just on one hour report. But yeah, I know. No. That's why most people don't deal with those issues, because they know if they even peek at it, there's going to be like a big box full of worms that's just waiting for an opening. It's going to cause all sorts of mess. That's true. Actually, uh, since you said, okay, the daddy issue, the big brother issue is that once upon a time, my stepbrother almost sexually molested almost sexually molested me, and I was about less than eight years old at the time. He almost sexually molested me. It didn't happen, but it almost did. And I guess it's in the back of my mind ever since. It's been in the back of my mind ever since. End of story. And the main, the other thing is that you did want to talk about Jeff Starker, so I am reminding you of that. Yeah. Oh, and a lot of that is that Someone wants to take a traumatic memory and incident and get control over it and make it theirs instead of it being this out-of-control moment. I can see that. I can very well see that, yes. But yeah, last week was the birthday of one of what's considered the top five nicest guys in the adult industry. Not one of the the top name. The top name, I believe. I think uh, he is only living male actors, living male porn actors. He's second. If you think who who is the... If you, um, on top of your head, mention porn actors' names at the top of your head, not thinking about anything, at the top of your head, 
mention any porn actor, you would name two names that are living today. Ron Jimmy would be the first person you remember, and I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. You would remember Ron Jimmy, and but second only to that, only to Ron Jimmy, second only to that is Jeff Stryker. Which is amazing because Jeff Stryker is predominantly a gay porn actor, and way Ron Jimmy never did gay porn in his life. Thank God. Nobody did self-porn. Suck his dick, yeah. Yeah. That's because nobody else wanted him. <laughs> and Please, you're more, you're he more right than... Pay, he did not have to pay himself. Yeah. And seriously, you mm. do not know how much truth there is to what you just said. The reason that he's more of a background guy nowadays is that because of how he behaved on the set... He, none of the girls would uh, want to work with him, and they had put in their contract what is called a Ron Jeremy Clause. Which means if you really don't want to have to work with somebody, you don't have to. Yeah, I've seen him naked. I can understand why. But yeah, Jeff Stryker is one of those... It's odd, but usually a lot of the guys who did gay porn, they're embarrassed about it. From all I've read about him, he, he, do, he, he don't care. He's the only one who isn't. He's the only one who isn't. I mean, Peter Norris, he would never admit that. He would never admit he's Matt Ramsey. He will never admit it. We all know that he was, but he will never admit that. Yeah. And plus... And just, as I said, Jeff Stryker is part of it, as he should be. As he should be. Yeah. And I tell you what, um, Jeff Stryker, I know I've been Facebook friends with him. I love the man. I love the man. I think, I honestly believe he probably could be hearing this right now. I hope he is. I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that he does hear this. But I am Facebook friends with him. And well, make sure to I give him the guy. link That's when the I main post thing. this. I just, I love it. Oh, I even talk, but I, give me some time later on because I can get emotional. No, what I'm saying is, just give him the link when we post this. What, say that again? Because uh, this is not going out live because of the issues we had with your phone we're recording this. So just go on. What? This what? is pretty much Marty's birthday gift to Jeff. And since it's that special to him... I'm just going to lay here and listen, and go ahead, Marty, let your heart flow out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. Anyway, um, I just, I mean, a lot of people say that Jeff Stryker is just, or he's only gay for pay, and maybe that was true back in the day, but I, I know how much love there is in him, and it's not a question of I think or I have an idea. I know how much love there is in him. Uh, last week, he was going to give me a birthday present. He called me to say he was going to give me a birthday present. I mean, uh, April 28th, I, he knew that uh, it was my birthday, April 28th. So uh, he said he was going to give me a birthday present. And it didn't exact. He was giving me a present, but it didn't come my way until the day after his birthday. It 
Um, uh, I didn't get my, I did not get my birthday present from Jeff until a day after Jeff Stryker's birthday. And Jeff Stryker gave me a birthday present. It was given me in the mail. Uh, and it was two Jeff Stryker playing deck cards of him nude, and a few other things. I won't mention it, but the main thing I'm saying is that if I had to guess how much that birthday present cost him to buy me, to mail for me, to everything else, if I had to guess how much that cost him, I would I would say that it was, conservatively, it would be around 40 to one hundred dollars. Forty to one hundred dollars. He spent that on on a stranger. He doesn't know me. He only knows me through Facebook. But I never shook his hand or anything like that. But he was willing to shell out forty and a hundred dollars. It could have been more than a hundred dollars. It very well could have been. I'm not. I'm not sure. But. He spent a gigantic load of money on me. I think he spent a lot of money on me. And a person who is gay for pay, a person who is only gay for pay, he would not do that. There was no way in hell he would do and that. And Jeff Starker did that for his yeah. fan, which is amazing. And I would say and that the main thing is that the relationship that I wanted with Peter North, I am a fan of Peter North, I love him, he's a stud. But the relationship I wanted with Peter North, I know that's the relationship that I have with Jeff Stryker today. I know I have that, and Jeff Stryker, I love you. I just, I love you. And uh, one thing, if he was gay for pay, as they said, how come he never cashed in his straight pay, his straight payday card? Say that again. How if he? You're making a little bit of sense, but I have no. I go on with that. What I mean is, you can see all these actors is like uh, Janine. She did nothing but lesbian videos uh, for about six or seven years, and then she cashed in her. This is Janine's first boy girl scene in a movie. Striker never did cash that card in, which would have been a, probably a pretty sizable payday for him. So if you're merc- if you if he's mercenary like they said, he would have cashed in on that payday. I'm gonna have to listen to that again when you're posted because it, it makes sense, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to listen to that again because I'm not sure I know what you're saying. But the might, short thing yeah. is, is that. But it, y- if he was only in it for money, he would have done at least one straight scene just to cash in on the sheer profits that that would make him. He never did. You mean he would do one straight scene in every tape one he did? No, he never did. I don't think he's done a single straight scene. Yeah, that's... But- He's beautiful that way. I mean, he's just, it's amazing. There is so much love in him. I, as a fan, I don't believe, I've got to pinch myself every 12 minutes to realize that I, that he does like me, that he does, he thinks I'm a damn nice guy. I have to pinch myself to realize that he does know my name. I've got to pinch myself because I 
and that amazed at that. And I think Jeff Sucker is a little better known than Peter North is. I think he is. As I say, we will remember Juan Jimmy, and right, before, right after Juan Jimmy, we will mention Jeff Sucker. Maybe, maybe we'll mention Peter North, but that's not a given. The only reason Peter North is uh, really ever mentioned is uh, his abilities to uh, put it nicely. We know where you're going yeah. with this. Yeah, put it nicely. We know where you're going with this. I mean, yeah. um, uh, uh, Mount St. Everest, I yeah. would say, old, uh, old faithful. Yeah, that's pretty much all he's known for. Jeff Stryker is known for having one of the best-selling masturbation-only tapes, the biggest-selling dildo of the 90s. The best-selling masturbation... The me- you know, I would kill to get a copy of that masturbation tape again. I would kill for that. It's not around anywhere. But, oh, God, do I want that tape again. I want that tape so bad, believe me, I can taste it. Believe me. Why didn't they ever put that out on DVD? As much as it sold in the 90s, it would seem like it might be a sure thing to put out in the OR and DVD. That's true. Actually, I have talked to him about stuff like that. I have talked to him like that. And uh, Jeff Stryker's opinion, what Jeff has said to me is that he has moved on, that he does not do porn anymore, so uh, I guess he doesn't want to make money off of the porn videos. He will uh, make money off the dildos, and he will make money off of the playing cards. But for some reason... I have no idea why, but God bless him. He does have integrity. He has so much integrity. He wants to make money from all the other avenues. He wants to make money for everything else, but he does not want to make money from the gay porn movies. The gay or the straight porn. I don't think uh, I don't think Jeff has the straight porn out on DVD either. Well, what's funny is that that tape that you... It was just as popular with straight females as it was gay males. Yes, you did say that once. It basically created uh, you did say that once. You know, it basically created that fetish for women. Are you uh are you positive on that? Because yeah, I've I'm never very positive. I don't know one woman who would admit that. Yes, because that's how they, that, sadly, that's really the repression we're in nowadays. You guys have to be in closet with their sexuality, and women have to be in a closet that they like sex, or else you'll be deemed a hussy or a slut. Or that men, or that more men could take advantage of the woman if they, they found that out, and I... They would do that much too as well. Yeah, but that's assuming that the gay male and the straight woman are really that stupid and pathetic that if I if I see them watching a porn video, that means they want me. They just want sex. Yeah, yins might, but not with them. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, that's one thing I've also never understood about straight guys and homophobia. Why do they assume that if a gay guy just walks by them, that the gay guy wants to have sex with them? Uh, the straight guy thinks that the gay guy wants him. Yeah, just because he walks down the street past him. Well, I've never. Well, I guess I wasn't thinking of that before. Uh, um, all I could say is that any kind of homophobia that the straight guy has, any homophobia that the straight man has, is because the straight guy is scared shitless that he will like it. So that if the straight guy is scared that the gay guy will like him or will is sexually attracted to the straight guy, if the straight guy is scared about that, that also means, in the back of his mind, way back where he will never admit that, the straight guy actually wants it. But he will never admit it to anyone, and he certainly won't admit it to himself. And the proof, and the reason I say that is, let me say, I say, let me, what I just said, let me mm -hmm. say, I say that to a straight guy. I say that to a straight guy that you really want me, you really want the gay guy, and you're really sexually attracted to him. The straight guy, if he's a homophobic bastard, if he's a homophobic bastard, he is going to beat the living shit out of me once I say that. He will beat the living shit out of me after I say that. And the thing is, I, I struck a nerve. I struck a nerve, and I could not strike a nerve unless anything was there to begin with. Yeah. And we've done 90 minutes in. Okay. Go, go ahead. So, um, sexually, the straight guy does want it, but he will never admit it to anyone else. And, um, yeah, Oscar Wilde did say this, and it makes as much sense as anything else. Uh, the, each man kills the thing he loves, and uh, that, can, that is the most important. If nothing else explains homophobia, that does. That um, uh, he's in love with the guy, you're not going to admit it. You will never admit it. So you just beat the shit out of them. That's the main thing. Yeah. And what happens when the homophobics who beat the shit out of the guy go to prison? I've always... That's irony. That is the greatest form of irony I can even think of. Yeah. Not, not, not just irony. That is... That is poetic justice and karma to the 10th degree. That is true poetic justice. True poetic justice. Yeah. I was in prison. I just did what I had to do to make it through the day. I've seen pictures of you. You were safe. <laughs> oh, I know where I would be. I know where my ranking would be in the prison system. I would not be the top. I would probably be the one that woke up and go, here's your lipstick. Don't fight to me tonight or else you're dead, man. Uh, no, you would have been the top, actually, because you do not look like you could be... There's no, You do not look like you would be in a trap at bottom, and I think some of them would have wanted a... Um, sort of a 
some of them would have wanted the Justin Bieber, which no no way could you have been a Justin Bieber. So uh, I don't know what would have happened. Well, your guy would have been popular, uh, Ricky Starr, because he has a female look, so they really can be denying him. Ricky who? Oh, Ricky Rebel, yes, yes. Oh, good God, well, no comment, no comment at that, and I think Ricky is staying on the straight, and, well, I don't think you want to use that term, but I think he might be going on the straight and narrow for exactly that reason, I think, definitely. Uh, some of the comments on that one picture she linked me to was just messed up. You look like a girl. You're a girl. Yeah. Just. Well, um, some of the words. Yeah, but he always posts back, and you, you, you may have noticed he's posted back a picture of him in Speedos. Yeah. And he had, uh, if you saw him in Speedos, you could tell that he is all, that he is at least 85, 90% all man. Yeah. Especially with what he is, what he is packing. What he is packing should be a, um, a, a con- what he is packing should be a concealed weapon, believe me. And if you watch a lot of Japanese anime and manga from the 90s, they would always have these feminine-looking characters in it who, as soon as they get like, ha-ha, you look like a girl, and then the guy, and then they would end up being the one who kicks the holy crap out of them. An interesting thing, Wiffy Webble just came back from Japan. Oh, that's probably so, uh, he, he, he says he loves Japan as much as anything else. So there was, there's sort of an irony with you saying that. Yes. Well, no, that's just a beautiful fan thing. It's nice when an actor or something puts something like that and he's as same as wearing a tattoo saying I love anime or something like on their sleeve, on their arm. I don't think Wookiee has done that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's also, one more thing. Okay. Also, one more thing, a shout-out to Lou Cass. Lou Cass, who started the Pansy Division, and there would not have been an Adam Lampert or a Wiki Rebel or anything like that if Lou Cass and the Pansy Division, they were there first. So I have to give a shout-out to them. And uh, thank God I had enough time to do that, but I am giving them a shout-out right, right now because they were they were amazing trailblazers. And... History is always going to have to remember these people as trailblazers. So, Lucas, I love you. The Pansy Division, remember that. I love you. You guys were and are trailblazers. Remember yeah. that. Well, and to finish up, as a writer, it really is our jobs to make sure that this history of, like, me with the drive-in and you with the gay history. Make sure that it is written down somewhere so that the future will have a record of it. Because the only yes, thing worse than that. being banned we have is to that, that it's gone. It gets forgotten. I, I say that I'm doing the Duke Ellington thing. I say that I might be doing a Duke Ellington thing with his grandson. Mm-hmm. Lady Storyhorn, who is Duke Ellington's 
Andrew, he was gay. And that's the most important thing that I am going to bring to the table as a screenwriter. As a screenwriter, I am going to pay attention to Billy Strayhorn being gay and his homeless and the gay counterpoint to Duke Ellington. I have to remember that and I have to write that down for future generations. So I do know exactly what you're saying. Paul Ellington, hello, hello, Paul, hello. You can go on again, sorry. Yeah. And thank you for being on. This has been great. And I hope that everyone here has listened to this. And get back to me, or if you're Marty's friend who gets this when he puts the link up, get back to him. Because feedback... I am on Facebook. Marty Greco, I am on Facebook. Yeah. And feedback is the most important I, thing that we can get. Because you got to know what said, you I'm did dying for what that you did wrong. masturbation one. I'm dying for that one. And here's what's coming up this weekend on here. Tomorrow night, I am going to be doing... Well, the finale of my drive-in series I've been doing all summer and off and on. But next week is the last week because traditionally the closing weekend of the drive-in is Labor Day. And Sunday... The drive-ins still existed. Oh, yeah, they still do. Most of them are corporate now. But, yeah, there's over like uh, 800 screens still running in the U.S., I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you, and this is your time, so sorry about that. No, don't worry about it. And Sunday, we'll be doing an interview with Joe Desarian. She's probably going to kill me for up her name. As we talk about her new movie that she's trying to get kick-started and her new short film, One Last Meal. And, of course, coming up soon is Friday the 13th. And yes, I will be doing a show about that. And you know, Ricky, Jason isn't homophobic. I don't think there was a single gay guy. Well, never mind. There was those two guys in five. That. So that blows your theory up, then. Well, no, because it was the fake Jason. But it was very bizarre oh. seeing in the middle of Crystal Lake in the backwoods. Two guys in full gay leather fetish gear <laughs> with the motorcycle hat, the jacket, and everything. <laughs> Which reminds me, I, once upon a time you were going to be talking about the, uh, they were doing added footage of cruising. You didn't mention that once. Yeah, we the, didn't new, get around to yeah that. the new Blu-ray, it's out. It has... Uh, uh, a new pr a new uh, print of cruising, uh, all the extras from the original disc, and a new commentary, and Jan James Franco's Scene Twenty Six Take One, which is his movie uh, based on the missing twenty six minutes of footage from cruising that's become legendary. Because of it's basically uh, gay porn. If you can't see the uncut version of Cruising, it has one of the nastier fisting scenes I've ever seen in a film, period. Including hardcore? Yeah, because when you see the fisting scene in Cruising, you can see the guy's fist moving around and the guy's abdomen 
just moving, and you can tell there's a hand in there. <laughs> I have seen I have seen at least one thing that could top that. And all the talk that we did about homophobia, that is one of the biggest and major parts of cruising, which I find kind of more interesting than the murder plot. About how yeah. easy Al Pacino's character finds blending into that scene and living in that scene, but it scares the shit out of him how easy it is. Uh, also, I, the main thing I can say about that is that, that the character, not Al Pacino, but the character, maybe he didn't, maybe he did not want to admit it to the officer, the main officer who assigned him. Maybe he didn't want to admit it to the main officer. But he had to have gay feelings in the past. He must have done that. He didn't admit it to the gay officer. He did not admit the gay feelings to the officer or that. Um, what was the expression that they used? Smoking log, smoking logs. Yeah. The smoking poles. Maybe Al Pacino was thinking of that about three or four months before all this happened. But maybe he was thinking about that before then. Uh, no one gets that into account. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And really, his captain wouldn't have sent him in unless he was 200%. He knew that he could do the job. But yeah, it's out. You do need to see it. It's an important film. It's not an easy-to-watch film. But it is a very important film. Yeah, a gay man should see it as a trial by fire. Uh, if you're a gay man, and if you can get through this film as a gay man, congratulations. You always were going to be gay. Now, as a person who might be gay and watching Cruising, by the end of this film, if you decide you're not gay, then you were never going to be gay in the first place. So, Cruising is a trial by fire for the average gay man. Yeah. It should be anyway. And... With that, thank you for being on the show, Marty. I'll have it up in a couple of uh, hours. And thank you, everyone. Oh, you will have it on tonight. Yeah, I will in a couple of hours. I got to go get, it's the first of the month. I have to go do my monthly shopping and grocery buying and all that. Oh, so it's not going to be like the last time when the file was corrupted. No, this one come off beautifully. Oh, thank God. Hello. Yeah. And thank you again, Marty, and we will probably have him back on the show again sometime. I would love to do a cruising commentary with God you. willing. What? A I movie, love movie commentary? Yeah, us live watch it together. Uh, yeah, but I would have to get a copy of it. Like um, what? I'm a Jeff Striker porno or cruising? Cruising. Oh. Uh, is there any way you could give me the, uh, restored version of it? I have cruising. I have the, um, I have the, uh, just the old one. Yeah. I've just had the it to the two-disc set before. They turned it into a crappy VOD disc. And thank oh. you to everybody, and we do hope that everybody has a great Labor Day weekend, don't we? It's not the same thing without Jerry Lewis. Let's say that. It's not the same <laughs> yeah. thing. And good night, man. Thank you again.